comedy has a much larger shelf life than just a regular old ad. It's going to be shared more. It's going to be liked more. Typically, you know, we find that anything with comedy is going to work better than something mm -hmm. that's not funny. Right. Winged Podcast, GooseDigital.com, episode 74. Who do we have? Robin Kroll. Mike Oitanich. Amr Hashem. Michael Turksani. Inverted Taco. Team. Welcome. Thanks so much. Thank you for having us, man. Awesome. Yeah. Part time coming. Partners in, in some crime, in some video marketing <laughs> crime that we've been working on together. Yeah. Great to have you in the, in the studio. What do you guys think of the studio? Love it. Beautiful setup, man. Yeah. yeah it feels nice and cozy. Yeah, it feels personal. Tr Toronto, Ontario, yeah. center of the universe. It's, it's a refreshing, <laughs> uh, refreshing change. We were just uh, talking about how impersonal Zoom calls are. Yeah, you know, people talking over each other and just you don't. There's a lot of nuance that is missed. You oh, know, there the is body language. The, there is. I didn't know how tall you were. I thought you were actually quite short. <laughs> you know what? We just, were we were taking over under just, bets on the way up. I was here. Yeah. talking to yeah. Mike on the way over, and I'm probably the opposite. I'm super short. You guys a, thought I was tall. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was like, imagine if like, you know, we were talking about Chris too. I was like, does Chris strike you as a tall guy? Or is he super short? I was like, it's just, it's just going to be really interesting to find out. Yeah. But, but Chris isn't here today. No. So that's okay. Chris is wrong. <laughs> no. Yeah. And, and you guys probably, I don't know. Did you think I was short or tall? And then you find out? <laughs> no, I think you're just perfect, Robin. Oh, nice. yeah. yeah. I love these guests, Mike. <laughs> yeah. But you're right about that. It is impersonal looking at uh, stuff over, over Zoom. And we're going to talk about uh, video marketing, which uh, how to make that more exciting than just a basic Zoom or a, or a selfie, a selfie. Mm. Remember when everybody was doing selfie videos? Still, they still do them. They're still yeah. around. Yeah, there's a lot of user-generated content. That's right. <laughs> yeah, user-generated. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it stops you for a minute, and then you're like, ah, I can't watch this. I'm yeah. scroll. I think people are wising up to it now. You can kind of pick it out. Later, yeah. So. Yeah, there's there's a ton out there, but uh, maybe we can give a brief intro about who we yeah, are. Yeah, please do. Yeah, so, so we're Inverted Taco. We uh, started out. 2018 multifaceted production company we built a team of producers writers comedians directors editors and animators and um, our strategic approach to video sort of balances performance and branding to drive conversions uh, we take a data first approach so essentially we consult with our clients seek to build out uh, basic marketing needs and questions like who is this content for What's it for? So do a little bit of persona development. And then we dive into the creative. That's right, yeah. So our creative approach, really, there's a two-faceted approach. Um, one of the things that we look at is a larger format video that would kind of dig into what the product or service is in a larger format. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, the more of the niche specialty that we've developed over the last few years is really short-form blasts of content that we would use to essentially mine data and then iterate on what's working and why. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it is a data-driven approach and, you know, it's, we call it data-driven ads for human consumption. Mm -hmm. And with you guys, you know, we cook up some goose tacos every now and then and yeah. fire yeah. them out and see what people like and <laughs> go from there. Yeah. 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 It's going pretty good. So what about the inverted taco name? What yeah. do we need to talk about that? I sure. Feel like we do. I can take that. Yeah. Go yeah. For it. Yeah. Right. I was living in California at the time. Um, eating a lot of tacos as you do mm -hmm. when you're living in. Yeah. In, that was the taco yeah. kind of, there was a little, the Renaissance for tacos there going totally. on. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It's alive and well for sure. Um, 
And, you know, we're thinking what's a staple food that people eat all the time. Uh, obviously, tacos was the, on my mind because the way we were looking at it is, you know, video is a staple now. Mm. You know, the ads of the golden age were billboards or print and things like that. And in the modern day, you know, the billboards are now on your phones or mm -hmm. on the Internet. Um, so, you know, a taco is a staple, something that everyone needs, every, every marketer needs. But how do we kind of flip the script on video? And instead of doing these massive productions where you're going to be running like hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to a national spot, mm -hmm. um, how do we take that and take the same quality and shrink that down to something bite-sized um, and really just flipping the script on video? And so that's where the inverted comes from. Uh, so the taco and then the inversion nice. of the taco. And, and, yeah. and they both, you know, like with tacos and videos, it has to be the right ingredients, the right place, the right time. So right, serving sure. the right content to the right audience, right platform, right time. Yep. So, so uh, you know, we've had a little bit of fun with, with the name. It's always a good icebreaker. Sure. Yeah, it totally is. Sure. Yeah, I could see a mascot one day, you know, when you guys are, oh, be awesome. you know, huge. <laughs> and big got taco. Like a life-size taco. Big, yeah, big taco. Big exactly. Big taco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's walking around. Uh, well, Robin knows a lot about data, right? Know a couple things. Yeah, the odd, the odd little about thing data. about data. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, our resident data and insights, you know. Yeah, and, and you just think about, uh, you know, everything about marketing today really needs to start about data. You know, the, yeah. this whole world of this untargeted, one-size-fits-all types of type of messaging, just it just doesn't work. It doesn't resonate. So, you know, when we talk to our clients and how do you... How do you start? You want to have, um, you know, deliver your value proposition, share your brand value, and you need to understand who are, who are, who's your audience, what information do you know about them, how do you leverage that so you can deliver these, these messages that really, really resonate, and then on, uh, you know, the backside is capturing data. Right? Mm -hmm. So understanding how they engage with your marketing. And then you add that into the data you're collecting. So you gradually get more and more personalized, more targeted, and more effective with your messaging. And, and I, I love the idea of how video incorporates all this data. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's like Mike was, uh, was saying, um, a very important approach to video is for us scalable content or volume or iteration. Mm -hmm. And by iteration, I mean it's, it's super important to have, you know, five, 10, 15 videos. You have a, you have it integrated into your digital marketing strategy. So every quarter, after doing our, our basic due diligence, understanding, you know, answering those questions, like who's this for, what's it for, yep. learning about our audience. Once we serve them content, um, you don't get conversions right away or you don't, you know, you can't guarantee that it's gonna work right away. But it, it is absolutely crucial to understand your audience better, learn more about how they behave, how they interact with your videos. And hence, you can make informed business decisions down the line. Uh, we typically, you know, look at the video marketing funnel, which at the top starts with awareness and then moves into consideration and decision making stages. So as a, as a business owner, if you have your va value prop down super tight, if you know what your main advantages are, why you're better than the competition, the idea is to take that and come up with content that is creative, that might make you know, your audience laugh, comedy is really good, and then produce at scale and then test in and iterate. Yeah. yeah. On that topic of comedy, I mean, we tend to work with a lot of comedians. We're plugged in with Second City, um, improv comedians, you know, sketch comedy. Uh, we find that if you can sell a value prop 
and also make your audience laugh at the same time. That's a huge win. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> that content's also way more shareable. People are going to like it more. Um, ultimately, it's just going to have a longer shelf life because if you have people laughing and sharing and learning about your product, maybe not up front, but in the background, it's a really effective way to market. Yeah. So actually, I, I was going to jump in on this. Yeah, go for yeah? it. Because yeah. I was going to say that like part of what you guys were kind of all talking about was... Um, you know, capturing that value proposition and yep. then, and then being, you know, testing it and then being able to scale that up and really knowing kind of your brand or your, your message that will, that you believe will resonate with your, with your customer. Mm-hmm. Why don't we actually go kind of to, to the starting point of like when somebody's interested in getting into some video marketing and when they're now saying, you know, we want to go beyond our banner ads or our basic kind of, you know, display advertising type of stuff that, you know, we've been doing, we want to get some higher engagement on our content. Yep. You know, what's that process look like? Like, you know, what do you typically see as like a good process and where do you see maybe some, some challenges for people to think about if they're going to be going into this, this, this next level, if you want to call it that sure. of, of, of marketing. Right. That, that's a great question. I, I, and you know, we're always, we understand the fact that a lot of folks are very self-conscious or businesses are self-conscious about the kind of content they're putting out there. Um, or, you know, that the fact that when you put a lot of video out there that you really that's representing the face of your brand mm. but in terms of the process um if you already have done you know the basic groundwork and we understand uh, everything we need about the audience and you have tried a few you've played around with digital marketing a little bit um it is important to narrow down really narrow down your value props and you know try and match that to your audience how do we engage with them and then it's you have to test it so in in you know our process and how we engage with our clients um, that involves asking a set of questions understanding the marketing needs and then coming back with a series of scripts um, so typically let's say if, if our target audience let's say are mainly boomers and we know that they live on youtube and mm-hmm. we know that we need to tell a story as opposed to like a bite-sized clip then you need a longer sort of 30 second uh, asset or explainer video but if we know that a lot of our target audience lives on, let's say, Instagram or Snapchat or TikTok or Facebook, um, then you know that the attention span there is a lot shorter. Mm. Think of how much content we're over inundated with on a daily basis. Never before in human history have we had access to so much information. Um, and you're, you know, it's so hard to stand out and sure. to cut through the noise. So it's really important for the social content, like Mike was saying earlier, that it's five to 15 seconds and that's why comedy is fantastic because if you're a comedian you can write a script or a slide where you make someone laugh in three to five seconds yep then you've you've got them right or uh, or yeah or or something else that is standout ish that you can get into that three to five second kind of vein right exactly like 10 seconds it obviously it depends on the product or service like sure. some products or services there there needs to be a more serious tone mm-hmm. but it has to be super engaging in that time the call to action has to come in super quick the title has to be great so there's there's a lot of moving parts there that's where the the sort of the iteration comes in handy because starting out you don't really know what's going to work but you have to be brave sure you have to try out yeah you know a few different when we're working with our, our writers one of the things that we always teach is we need to catch the attention span of the audience within two seconds so if what we're writing isn't going to stop a scroll within two seconds, whether that's an evocative image, mm. a sound, yeah. uh, a line of dialogue, 
it, we might as well trash it because like we need stuff that's gonna immediately jump off the screen and stop people from scrolling and then engage the audience. So that's right. that's something that that's like a guideline that you guys totally. use to sort of yeah yeah. And it's something we we learned from testing, right? Like we've you know with some of our clients, you find that eighty percent of people are have disengaged after six or seven seconds, and that it takes two to three seconds for them to decide whether they're gonna continue watching or not. So the metrics really kind of guide us there. Sure, um, but. We do know that video isn't a passing phase. We know that, you know, um, 85% of all internet traffic currently is is video. Um, and that's like a five-fold increase on 2017. Yeah, I think that up. was like a HubSpot uh, study that yeah. they did. Um, so what this tells you is that like you, you as a business owner, if you haven't tried this yet, you have to. It's not, it's no longer sort of a, um, a luxury part of your marketing it's not reserved for mm. larger companies i know that back in the day like there wasn't access to to great commercials was difficult because it was expensive six month turnaround time uh, and it might not necessarily generate that return you're looking for right. however today um you can get quality content at an affordable rate um and it's scalable and um it, it's also and it should be an integral part of your marketing strategy as opposed to something that, hey, maybe we'll get a nice video for our company. No, it has to be sort of a driving force behind your approach. I love that uh, strategic perspective, of the way that both of you have just described this because, you know, I sort of think about back when, you know, email was that essential tool and suddenly yeah, sure. we had a we had a way of getting messages in front in front of all of our uh customers or prospective customers and so brands whether b2b or b2c they just went ahead and they just blasted everybody because they said we could just deliver any kind of message mm -hmm. and so yeah. now we know that actually that doesn't work anymore you have to be be really strategic about how, when, where, why you reach out to somebody because there is that fatigue. So it sounds like we're being much smarter about video knowing that in advance. And I think of, you know, seeing all these brands who are actually using video, but they are, they're not taking that strategic approach. You see it all over LinkedIn and Facebook. Sure. You know, that, that uh, user-generated content with just that video. Somebody's just kind of thrown it in. It's not part of a strategy thinking, oh, yeah. I've got a video it's, and, and it's going to work. But it's yeah. not. It has to be part of that strategy. Yeah, totally. Yeah, glad you brought that up, Robin, because, um, you know, one of the downsides to cost-effectiveness of video is that when you bring a barrier to entry down in the way that we've seen with video over the last, let's say, a decade, you have a lot more people flooding that market, mm. but not everyone necessarily knows how to use it to the best of their ability, right? Yeah. So that's definitely something that we... It's we've... podcasting too, right? I mean, I think sure, that's yeah. another thing that another kind of... So when you look at... That's part of the driver here. And I think we want to do more even even with this. I mean, there's a video element to this podcast. Yep. But, um, you know, we talked at the beginning about getting off the Zoom podcast. Yeah. We had to keep <laughs> running our podcast for sure. a period of time, right? Um, when we couldn't all be together. But the quality, and I think part of what you're saying is that, you know, it's flooding the market and the quality is not there to your, to your point, this user generated yeah. content and it's not at the level. And I think part of that is maybe, um, not understanding the costs have come down. You know, you sure. can, you could step outside and get, like you said, a dozen videos done for a reasonable price and have a more strategic approach. And the quality is going to be much higher than, you know, you trying to do this in a haphazard kind of user generated way. They may yeah. not understand that that's a doable thing now. And then when you see it in the feed, to your point, it, it jumps out, it starts to differentiate, you know, it's not the person walking down doing the selfie videos, but like, yeah. Oh wow. That looks like serious production quality. 
I should, I, I want to take a look at that. Oh, what's that company about? Oh, it's, it's it, I, I totally agree. Like it, it comes down to identifying what the marketing need is. Mm, why, sure. why are we creating this content? So in some cases, user generated content can be very successful, yeah. mm -hmm. right? If, if, sure. if you're going for micro influencers who are selling a specific product and they have an audience on TikTok or Instagram, and you have someone who has a following just whips out a product. Hey guys, this is why I'm using this. And that can drive sales. Sure. But the idea here is that this doesn't mean that it's going to work for every product or service. You have to first will down, you know, why are, why are we creating this content? What's the marketing need? If I, for example, um, let's give an example. If I just have a website and my uh, main marketing goal is to keep people on the page longer, I want to improve my SEO. I want to engage traffic that's already going there through a pay-per-click campaign to increase my return on investment there. So that's a specific type of video. Um, if your product or service entails explaining what it is that you do and you need a bigger piece commercial, right? You come up with that. Yep. If you need something that, you know, speaks to, 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 to people on social media, you need something that is shorter in content, but then what is that content composed of as well is very important. Is it character driven? Is it a talking head video? Is it a walk and talk? Um, you know, like there's, that, that is all determined in the sort of creative kickoff phase or sure. that phase where you just really narrow down uh, what it is, what our goals are and who our audience is. Yeah. And I would say another huge thing is once you have that arsenal of content, how do you plan to deploy it? Right. Because yeah. sure. it's one thing to have a beautiful, you know, brick and mortar restaurant in the middle of the desert. But if there's no foot traffic or there's no road that's going to direct people to that restaurant, nobody's going to sit down and the tables are going to be empty. Right. But if you have a way to direct traffic and you know your distribution pipeline, you know, then you can get those eyeballs yeah, on the content. And, and I think That's where that, you guys come in. Yeah, and yeah. I think we, you know, it's your point on the marketing funnel at the beginning or the video marketing funnel. I think it's, you know, it's a marketing funnel. Sure. And, but that, that mapping of content to your point of where, what, what content are we building for which part of the funnel, I think is a, an important step as well. Because if you're looking at, going back to that example of, you know, the restaurant, you're probably doing some brand awareness stuff, you know, to, to just under like to drive awareness of the fact that, Hey, we, there is this place here and it's cool, but then you might have lower down some remarketing yep. and then maybe people that have been there, some other stuff that really like drive some fan engagement or like, you know, you're part of the club now that you've been here. So there's, there's all these elements that kind of can play a part in, you know, that, which is why you can get to, uh, X number of these videos, right. Where, yep. well, all of a sudden you've got a strategy now where your brand is going to be, playing this this strategy is going to be playing multiple roles within that funnel yeah you need a few touch points for sure right so if if um, that's why it's it's essential that who like if you're producing your videos or someone is pr are producing videos for you that it's in sync with your digital marketing strategy or the agency that is doing your marketing right because you know having that roadmap initially having that plan and then having the cohesiveness later on you know, we have a paid budget behind this on this platform or that platform is very important. Sure. Um, it's not, it's not a haphazard sort of approach, you know? Yeah. So why don't we go into, um, the, I would say like challenges maybe that you've had or that you guys have seen. Like, I know you talked a bit about people being, um, sensitive to their brand and like maybe yep. when they now see it, the videos produced yep. and the, Oh wow, we didn't quite, cause it's not, they're doing this for the first time. A lot of them sure. or at, at, at scale or, or more professionally. Yeah. What, what are the types of things that you see as like kind of eye openers or, you know, from clients that, that go through this? 
It, yeah, it, it depends on the kind of business owner you're dealing with, whether it's an owner operator, whether yeah. it's you know someone who's a, a uh, an executive uh, like a CMO or someone who's who's a marketing person, mm. they have they have different goals and and sort of uh, whether they're aligned um, with the rest of the organization or not is very important because there's a lot of stakeholders. But when you go in and you give them creative that's a little bit outside the box, <laughs> there's usually a lot of trepidation around mm. like, hey, I don't know if we can do this. I don't know mm-hmm. if we should try comedy. I don't know if we should and and. That po- takes, poke fun or, sure. or yeah, yeah, exactly. And and they're always very self-conscious of how, you know, like in that competitive space, you find that they're, they get too caught up thinking, what is my competition going to think of me mm. or what are my coworkers going to think of me uh, or our brand as opposed to the audience? Right. Yeah. And I would say, you know, we like to offer variability in terms of the kind of content we're going to produce. Yeah. So we can say, okay, here's the safe bet. Here's the not so safe bet. Do you want to meet in the middle? This is what we would recommend. You know, this is obviously safer. Um, but I mean, a North Star for our writing is always if it makes you or if it makes the client feel like a little bit uncomfortable, you're probably doing something right at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Mm-hmm. And that's probably going to elicit a response that's going to be effective. And we've been able to test that an A-B test like, hey, here's the safe option. Here's the not so safe option. And I would say nine times out of 10, it's the not so safe option that actually becomes the signal through the noise in terms of what you're putting out there. And, and by not so safe, like we're not leaning into the culture wars or sure. anything controversial. Yeah, sure, sure. No, it's no, just no, like, yeah, yeah. you know, comedy, just like yeah. something that is kind of outside of what you're used to uh, in terms of how, how your brand is, is perceived. So that, that in particular is a challenge sometimes, but you know, you'll go shoot out an extra video and sometimes you'll, you'll go back and show it to them. Hey, we shot this anyway. What do you think? Yeah. And a lot of the time, like, you know what? We, we love this. Let's like, run we we yeah. want to try this out. Yeah. So sometimes there's, there's mm-hmm. a bit of yeah. persuasion there. And I think sometimes you have to bet on yourself, on your creative. Like, yeah. hey, we have, we've booked a day. We've produced a day. We might as well shoot an extra spot and see how the client responds and, to it. And it's about trust too, right? Like ultimately yeah. it comes down to whether or not the, the client trusts you to take their brand and their mission into your own hands and, you know, deliver a message for them or with them. Um, and, you know, that that plays into the creative kickoff process, all of the onboarding, working through the scripts and the, you know, ideating all the creative and then the, the trust is really important as well. It, it, it's, it's about, you know, obviously rapport building and showing that you care about the brand, right? This is, you right. know, you're putting yourself in the client's shoes and how would I try and sell this? How would I like to be perceived? So it's really important to, when you're creating content for someone or for whichever brand that you really take it on as if it's your company. I wonder if you, just on that line, I wonder if you can talk about who actually delivers that message. You know, we see, you know, again, the, the UGC, it's going to be someone from within the company who's doing that, which maybe is not always the right person to deliver. Mm-hmm. But you guys have a, a unique way of, of, you know, bringing in actors or comedians. I wonder if you could talk about that a little bit. Yes. Yeah, so, so the casting process is, is really important, just finding the right face and matching that to the brand. Sometimes you'll have a conversation with a client and you'll realize that uh, one of the stakeholders, one of the people on the meeting that represent the company, you're like, they will be great. Uh, right. They have something to offer. And I think that seeing them talk about their company sometimes, the passion and sometimes, you know, you, there's a lot of hidden gems that people that can be really funny, but they just have never been in front of camera before. So you, you kind of work around that or you, you sort of have a hybrid. We've had commercials where we've had the owner operator or someone involved with the business and then uh, actors or comedians as well. Um, 
and you know, depending on how much control the client likes, sometimes we will involve them in the casting process because the person in the ad is kind of the face of your brand. Um, so if we've done all of our homework, we have our briefs ready and we have our clients trust, um, we're able to navigate that based on their personality type and based on the degree of, you know, how, how, how much they want to be involved in their ads. That's great. It's re I mean, it's very interesting because it's, um, it's this brand face. It doesn't have, it doesn't have to be you from your brand, but it's really important that, that, that brand value comes across in one way or the other. Exactly. And, and you just, it's really just about kind of, sometimes you'll get some self tapes from actors and the casting process, you know, can take some time because you really need to find the right fit and the right match. Mm -hmm. And that all has to do with the tone that we've established for the brand, just kind of doing the basic marketing homework um, and then just finding the right fit. Uh, that right fit sometimes comes from within the company. Sometimes it's from outside the company, uh, but it is sort of a critical phase in, you know, before we go out and shoot. So just so that, you know, maybe we could get into a bit of the process. Cause I we, at the beginning, we talked about you guys going over, you know, what does a shoot look like? Why don't we talk about like, what is it? What is a, a typical day when you guys are, I think in the past you've told me like you've got to select a venue, you've got to you know bring the cast, you got to set up. So like, yeah, yeah. talk yeah. a little bit about like, yeah. what is it? What is a day? Sure. I mean, we we um, come from like a indie film background, right? So um, having worked on feature films, TV pilots, music videos, um, and gaining that kind of boots on the ground raw production experience, we just really translated that into what we do at Taco. Mm -hmm. So if we're filming something, we're going to be filming it with the same rigor pre-production and you know equipment that you would use to to make a the hollywood motion picture essentially um, of course that can scale up or down depending on the budget and depending on the client but process is typically um you know everything starts with the script so identifying what we're filming and and why as amar was saying that's the tortilla that's the, the tortilla yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you know your your the meat and potatoes of it would be you know who is the cast where are we filming it? Location is always really important, obviously. Um, yeah, and you're like your fixings on top, your cilantro, your pickled onions, like your hot sauce. That's the sound design, the cinematography, um, the you know music composition. If we're bringing in original music, things like that. Um, so, really, it's the same way we would make a movie or or, or a pilot. Um, I don't know if that answers the question. No, fully, I think but... that is. I think that yeah. differentiates, right? When you because I think. There's a gap, I, I, you know, I would imagine that most companies out there don't have experience with that, you know, commercial production grade uh, process that, that would go on, right? So they're kind of in the dark. And then they see the user generated content or the basic animated explainers. And, yeah, yeah. you know, they're thinking or, or they're really bad videos that have been done out there, right? And you think, oh, well, that's what we're talking about in terms yeah. of video marketing, right? Yeah. And I think what you guys have done, it's really <clears throat> interesting is you're bringing it down that that higher level production quality into something that's now, and it's not just about that. I mean, there's the creative, there's the right. process, all, all, you know, the whole, the whole, the whole shooting match. Mm -hmm. But at that element, I think almost like, cause I seen your decks and stuff, you show sure. those behind the scene photos, yeah, right? And you're yeah, like, that's yeah. really cool. And I think a lot of people look at that and they're like, Whoa, there's a lot more going on here than just, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, an iPhone on a, on a stick. It's one right? thing that we, you asked about like challenges with clients. It, it, sometimes you do cast someone internally from within the company and they show up on set to film and it's like, we've got all the lights up and the gimbal set up and like, there's a robo it's gym intimidating. And, and they're like, holy, <laughs> I don't yeah. know if I can swear, but they're like, yeah, you can. 
like what what do I do like how do I you know with all the lights and, and things it's, yeah. it's uh it can be a bit like a, intimidating a deer in the headlights but, sometimes right yeah. right yeah because now they're walking yeah. into this this massive setup and they're For like sure. holy moly I thought this was just going to be like a yeah. selfie stick and yeah, that's yeah. what we were doing and I will say like one thing we talk about a lot is this kind of this production triangle it's like you can do it quickly you can do really good quality um or you can spend so it's 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 this triangle between like time money and quality sure and usually like if you push one in one in like it pops out the other way so if you want to do something at a really high quality typically you know you either need to spend a lot of time prepping for it or you need to be able to throw a big budget at it to get it done quickly Um, if you're more concerned about budget then you probably have to spend a little more time on it up front Mm-hmm. in the pre-production phase to really like narrow everything down. So that triangle is important as well, that kind of production triangle, and time, it, quality, it, and, it, and budget. It, it's really important to, you know, once you build a relationship with someone, uh, with a client who needs video assets, is to explain this process very clearly so that that perception is changed. Sure. Like the conversation is changed. Um, and, you know, one of the ways that we've been able to, you know, uh, um, sort of, bring the cost down for SMBs or make videos more affordable is once we've had, let's say we have a few different clients and we have, you know, we know we're filming, let's say at an office space, there are some scenes at a home base, there are some scenes outdoors and we find an overlap in cast um, and locations, then we're able to shoot multiple commercials for different clients on the same day. Okay. That way, once the fixed costs are covered, uh, you're able to scale for clients and give them value. Uh, that's where the economies of scale kick in because um, it is more affordable to get more work done yeah. on the same day since you already have the the location, you have your crew, you have your gear, everything's already been paid for. Yeah. Then come back in two or three months and produce from scratch because you're paying for that stuff all over again. Right. So it's right. always, we always, you know, our, our approach is always to film and shoot as much as we can, even if the client won't necessarily need it right now, but it's a lot cheaper to come back and edit the video down the line than going sure, film yeah, it no, from scratch. Really yeah, and we're upfront yeah. about that with with people that we work with, right? It's not like a obviously Amr just said it here on the podcast. So it's like that that's a part of our value, I think, is that we're able to, you know, shoot various things on the same day as long as the location and the talent and the crew, you know, fits. Um, it's one of the ways that you can take really quality product and like bring the cost down to to a place that's affordable for smbs it's it's not you know like it's it's one of one of the the things that kind of sets us apart but like we're just sharing value like it's it's not uh it's not a secret sauce or anything you know sure it's like yeah uh, basics of of production um but that as well like it's so important to be agile and lean and versatile in what you're producing uh you know, kind of thinking on the spot. Like if you see a space and you have creatives there to trust them in, like, why don't we try something new? Yeah. And then we can share it later. If it doesn't work out, no problem. It just took us an extra half an hour. Yeah. Uh, if it worked out, the client likes it and we're able to test it, then that's a win. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think of like going back to some of the, the email comment that you made earlier, because we, you know, as an agency, we're doing kind of two things broadly we're doing the marketing automation and marketing operations data kind of related work as well as the demand generation running the ads on 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 the various networks and you know i think we because you you brought it up at the beginning you know performance you know driving marketing performance that's really our tagline now you know we changed that a year and a half ago because um so many organizations are growth oriented you know they want to 
get in front of new customers. They want to attempt to bring more people into their funnel. And I think we've talked about how this, this type of thing can make that happen. You know, just sending a basic email to them, you know, might be still sending an email to them, but now there's a video in there and guess what? People like to click on play buttons, right? So that just changes the dynamic right there or the success of that type of a campaign of being able to bring more people in and say, yeah, you know, I'm actually going to engage with, with goose digital now because, um, you know, that was a cool video and yeah. maybe I'll follow their content, right? Yeah, it's yeah. memorable. It's memorable. Sure, yeah. But then the other thing I think for a lot of organizations who have um, maybe a different style of, of process where they might be a, a, a B2B or a B2C where they're selling kind of customers year over year, I think there's another huge opportunity to be producing content directed at that audience. It's like we already have right. 100,000 people that buy from us every year. You know, let's let's tell them more about us. Let's create some in, you know, interesting videos that make them want to come back and buy again next year. So we're not even talking about going out and grabbing new people, right. but we're trying to support the, the, you know, the existing repeat buying that we have. Yeah. Retention, yeah. right? Retention, you're, yeah. You're, you're yeah. nurturing what you have already yeah. and keeping them constantly engaged. There's nothing better than repeat business and retaining a client long-term and, and churn, like churning clients always sucks, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it is a fantastic way to keep them engaged with your brand. Uh, <laughs> especially, you know, like if you have, just just kind of showing like what you have going on what's new um and you know it's something we're looking to explore with with goose digital as well yeah or, or thought leadership yeah. you know like just talking about the the or poking fun at, at your industry and i think so it's just i think we talk a lot about well i shouldn't say that we we, we focus quite a bit on customer marketing mm-hmm. i mean those are programs that we yeah. that we run um particularly in the insurance industry, you know, like running um, uh, programs against the existing customer base. And I think that, you know, I just think that that goes such a long way for for if you're a customer of a business and then you're receiving this high quality content back, you know, about whatever. It doesn't even need to be something that is necessarily... um, you know, specific about a product that we're, that we're buying from you. It's just like, yeah. Hey, you know what? That was a, you know, that was a great way to tell us about snow tires. And it wasn't a basic email that said, yeah. don't forget your snow tires. It's, it was something funny for 15 seconds sure. that really got the point across. And right. It's just, yeah. And, it, and it's, it's better if it's something real, it's just disarming, right? Like sure. yeah. something that it doesn't have to be, you're not overselling. You're just sending something, yeah. you know, like, Hey, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Yeah. You know, we, we, we want to share a couple of things with you and, and that's it. And that usually creates a great rapport and goodwill. You know, they stick around for a lot longer. Yeah, for sure. Robin, what do you think on the data and insight side? I mean, we haven't talked about, you know, well, we started off with data. Yeah. So I always appreciate <laughs> I don't that. Know. These guys said they're data driven, but I haven't heard a lot about. Well, I mean, so you I know, know. The, sort of a little bit of our, our, you know, our, our pre podcast conversation that we think yeah. about, um, you're starting with the data part. You're starting with the defining the audience and the profile. So that's starting with with the data. You're starting with you know, when you're looking at the 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 marketing and the video funnel, and you're aligning your audience and your messaging to that, and then you're measuring right. Really? So that yeah. that's the audience that's coming back. So you know, Amr, when you were describing that, you uh, we can we can look at the KPIs for video views and say, oh. You know what? We're starting to see in our awareness videos, we start to see a huge drop off after four seconds. What does that tell us about our audience? Well, that's really valuable data and that you then utilize that as you 
you you do your next batch of videos. You're exactly. saying, okay, it's got to be super punchy. You've got to have that really funny line. It's got to happen before the second, the four second mark. Yeah. So, and, and that's the other, the value proposition of the, the, the data is you, you use it at the beginning to go ahead and target based on what you know, and then you capture additional data pieces along the way. And that's how you refine your message, your audience, your your channel, all of those things. Uh, sure. uh, absolutely. And I think you you uh, you mentioned something very important there, Robin, which is I believe that before you run the ads, there has to be a consensus on what we're measuring. What do yes. we consider as a quantifiable yeah. success? Yeah. Uh, what are the conversions we're tracking? Are we tracking website signups? Are we tracking phone calls? Are we tracking downloads, e-commerce purchases? What do we consider what metrics are considered as a, as a success yeah. and and setting the tracking codes or setting the conversion metrics beforehand is is in, is a crucial part to success of a campaign um, but it's also very important to be realistic about those expectations um, so like what do we you know let's talk about what a successful campaign means for an awareness uh, a batch of videos or you know lower funnel assets that are meant for retargeting that are meant to drive sales or phone calls yeah um, so yeah, just having that conversation beforehand, having that cohesion between the digital marketing team, strategists, whether they're in-house, whether they're an agency with whomever's producing the video is super important. And one of the other challenges, uh, Mike, that we've run into is sometimes you see organizations, whether they're big software companies, uh, you know, big startups, whatever the company may be of all sizes, um, sometimes their marketing efforts are extremely decentralized. So you have someone yeah, oh, for sure. someone doing SEO, someone's doing mm -hmm. a PPC campaign, yep. someone's producing videos on the side, um, someone's running their socials. There's no overarching cohesive strategy. Um, so it, it is important that, you know, whomever is in charge of making those decisions to have a centralized mandate where there's a rhyme or reason for everything that we're doing. It is methodical and hence you know, when you go out and produce video assets to supplement that campaign, it all falls into place. It's not, we're not all pulling in different, different directions. It all starts with the strategy. I think we've yeah. said that yeah, many, many, that many times on our yeah. podcast, yeah. but it really is, is yep. that that's really the, the starting point about, you know, why are we doing this? Who's the audience? Uh, what are our expectations yep. and what's involved? Who's involved? Important and I was joking a bit on the on the on the data stuff, obviously, but like you know, video is so measurable, <laughs> really. and that's yeah. what's cool about it, right? I mean, sure. yeah, you know, you might look at it, and like you know, I know you guys provide a lot of advice and guidance, especially when they're getting into it. You know, hey, yeah. this is what you need to look for, and it's like, hey, we might have twenty percent or thirty percent drop offs, let's say after a certain amount of uh, of viewing time, and it's like you know what, maybe we're okay with that sure. for a period of time yeah, because yeah. like the audience yeah. is big enough and we're just going to keep going. Or maybe like it's flipped to your point. It's like actually the next set of videos we're doing is specifically to attack that drop-off piece. We're not even getting to sales yet because we want to build that retargeting audience yeah. and get more people watching. So maybe there was a mismatch between the digital team that set up the audience within Facebook, right? How many times yeah. have we done these, right? And then it's like, well... Maybe when we looked at the creative brief for the video, it was like, well, that's a little bit of a different audience here that's actually then being defined within Facebook. Like you've pulled in some other uh, some other demos here that, mm -hmm. you know, stretch that audience a bit. No wonder it's, it's lower than we thought, right? So yep. to your point on just, there's so many elements here that you can kind of go off track if you don't have that central component. Obviously us working together allows us to sort of pull those pieces because we often are the team that, 
you know, is really leaned on for that, but you get a distributed marketing group that everybody's just trying to move as fast as they can. Right. Yeah. And all of a sudden, yeah, you're just doing stuff and nobody's kind of drawn all those lines together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we're, we're constantly learning. Like you said, like, you know, we, we, you, you decide what you're going to test. Okay. So here's the audiences we're going after. Here's the type of content that we've created. What are the variables? What are we holding constant? What are we looking for? Mm-hmm. And then you learn something like you said, Oh, well, Maybe that drop off is okay because the numbers are extremely high and there's a lot of full views and the conversions are good. But, you know, maybe we attack that drop off in a different way with the retargeting ad. But at the end of the day, like once you start, as you go through the process, every quarter, you learn something new and the content you create a year from now or two years from now is a lot more effective. Awesome. Yeah. Well, guys, I don't know. We've been going for quite a while now. How long have 40, 40 minutes. Wow. Oh, wow. So you just blasted by. Oh, flew by. Yeah. One of our longer, one, one of our longer <laughs> nice. ones. Flew by. Let's get the record. Let's hit the record. Yeah. yeah. I don't that, know what that the record might, is. That might be it. Nice. Yeah. Close to, yeah. But um, there's so much to talk about. So let's well, crack, crack, crack a couple of beers and, you know, about. we're here all day. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, we do have beer here. That's for sure. Um, any closing thoughts? I guess where can, where can people, you know, follow, get in touch? With the top, if they want a taco or two, oh, <laughs> or, five, or, or fifteen, just yeah, you could just throw you your know, email out there. dot com, or you know, look us up on. Nice. On, Nobody on had stuff. that domain, eh? Good job. No, no. Yeah. no. It's a battle for the top. D- spot don't look it up on it. Urban Dictionary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh boy! That's now everybody going, goes to. That's not what we're going for. Yeah. 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 All right. No, I would say you know if uh, if if the modern day marketing you know arena is the phone, if that you take the billboard and you put that on your phone, just mm-hmm. think as a company, like what would you put on that billboard, you know, so that when you do reach out to us or a goose and you do want to engage and you do want to create something, you know, have an idea about what that message is. It's super important because otherwise you're just kind of, you're in the weeds for a little while figuring out what that thing is. Um, so think on it because it's fun, you know, doing video is a lot of fun. Marketing can be super fun, um, but you want to make sure you have the right intention going in. I think Robin was saying like, you know, ultimately it's about action and intention coming together. So having that key strategy piece at first and knowing exactly what you want to achieve and the message you want to put out there, it's so critical because mm-hmm. then you could put all the action in, but if the intention's off, you're not going to reach your goal. Um, so make sure you understand what your intention is before you start to put in the action and before you start to invest in these things. Cause hundred percent, you know, yeah, yeah, that's right. Roger that. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. So Thank you guys Thank back you again, us. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. An hour Cheers. and a half next time. Awesome. Yeah. Right, next time, tacos and beer. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, there you yeah, go. Yeah. Love yeah it. That's yeah. what we should have done. Combo. Good combo. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Thank you. All right. Cheers. Thank you, guys.